This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. So, I am on the third episode of Love is Blind. I have not watched a single episode yet, Whoa. and I am dying at how intense everybody's reaction is. It is. I have such FOMO. Wild. It is truly wild. Dude, all I'm going to say is this. All I'm going to say is this. Within the first week they're there, two couples get engaged. Wow. Well, but that's the goal of the show is to quote I don't, unquote, get engaged. I don't I, clearly like why I should never mouth. be on that show <laughs> right. because like I'm like what the fuck? Like you guys have literally the first couple that gets engaged though is my favorite. No, they're super cute. They're they are great. cute. And they seem solid like good for them. But I'm like uh-uh, I'm immediately skeptical of like what you don't know each other. Like yeah. and they can be like, "Well, we do know each other because we didn't see each other, but I'm like, nah, dude, you've been talking for three dates and now you're engaged. Apparently, there is a New York Times study where there are 36 questions that you can ask and discuss with your partner and that at the end of those 36 questions, you hold eye contact, I think, for like five minutes, straight eye contact. I'm already and out. scientifically, it. <laughs> five it's minutes? proved it's like the fall in love quiz. Oh, it's supposed to be like scientifically. Okay, but here's the thing. Love feelings, like all Mm -hmm. that, that shit, like Mm -hmm. love feelings, the feelings of being loved, that shit doesn't last necessarily. Like that's not the thing that will make or break a marriage. Absolutely. So I'm just like, I I trust you. There's places this. Oh, man. I I trust them when they say that. Is it Jessica? Okay, that bitch crazy. <laughs> I did see but that she all, gave her dog another wine. You can't oh, do that. My God, that dog is like mom, 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 out of the wine glass. Grapes are poisonous to dogs. And she, I saw this she meme like and I was the like, "What would give her dog wine for?" She sure. certainly does. Yeah, but once they get home and like the shit really comes together. Oh, oh. Barnett, oh, his pick, Do- sh- bitch is. Crazy with a capital she, she showed whoa she wow. was showing her cards from the beginning i'm just wait like, till dude. she meets the goddamn parents girl <gasps> you are gonna i was like i, I have to start this watching off. this immediately <laughs> no, if not I, sooner i started it um yesterday because i was like i know i need to because so many people there is a mega thread in our facebook group right, right. now that i can't even look at because i know it's a finale <gasps> i know i'm like spoilers I can't, I can't i can't oh, i can't go there my yet. god I the finale so yet. i was like i have to start watching this show so that we can talk about it and y'all it is i uh, you know i what? can't stop watching it but i rolled let's my eyes like eight thousand times let's save it i have to watch the finale you have to watch all of it you yes. have to finish we'll it. finish it and have this discussion again let's do a special patreon episode Okay. Just, just a whole love is blind. Mm-hmm. Oh, up. cool! And we'll sure. give it. We'll give it to everybody. Yeah, one dollar oh. level. We'll do yeah. it at the one dollar oh, yeah, level. Exactly. So, yeah, anyone okay. who wants to, let's do it. 
That'll sign be up. so fun. We'll let you know before we put it up. So anybody who wants to sign up for Patreon for one dollar and just hear us go fucking off about this show because <laughs> I guarantee you, <laughs> there's so be... much to talk about. I whoa, I notes. yeah, I no, I, I, I know the brief like synopsis of the show, and I know it gets a lot of like moving too fast food. So I actually feel better because I thought I might be moving to fast food, but I was like, well, I'm not engaged in a week. You're, yeah, so. you're, <laughs> oh my God. Doing okay. you're not so, five days in engaged to fast food. Speaking of, though, I totally talked about you and Eric this week because guess who I saw? Who? Rachel. Shut oh, up. Yay. Yeah. So I saw Rachel Esquivel from our um from our Facebook group for any of you guys who are on our Facebook group. I'm certain oh, you have seen God, her on there. Oh my God, that night was so, so fun. Yeah, we had wild. Uh, dinner with her a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, so I was in Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago and I, she had messaged me on face uh, Facebook and she was like, hey, you're in, in town or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm in this suburb like named the like little suburb I'm just, she, i was in she's like shut up i live in that suburb she was like oh my god so she picked me up at my hotel and we went to this little little restaurant bar that was right by my hotel nice it was so much fun and so speaking of we she was like i told her we were thinking about doing one of our um double dates possibly with the guys we kind of you know we've mm-hmm. been shooting around that idea she was like oh my god you guys should totally do it she's like <laughs> eric's this big mystery to us and i was like oh He's amazing. yeah so i told her all about you guys and i'm like oh i'm so happy i and, should you know. do should do an update yeah basically yeah. since like we started dating and i was like oh my god it's been amazing it it's been, been good i'm really happy good. for you yeah it's been all awesome stuff but at any rate that was really cool to meet up with her while i was there and it would just happen that i was literally staying at a hotel in her little burp i mean chicago's big you know and yeah there's all different sorts of sides of town and you know it can be a very geographically undesirable area as well and to literally be like a mile up yeah. the road from where she lives i was like shut up yeah That's crazy by the way this is my worst state that yeah, is i'm christina i'm keegan i'm cassie uh i wanted to talk about this New York Times article that this girl wrote. Oh about my God. Coming yes. home, like to work the day after the Super Bowl and all her friends are like, hey, have you have you been on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> anything? At e- all? Everyone's bringing you anything like donuts and coffee and they're like, hi. So how's Lindsay? Lindsay, how are you doing? Are you is, everything, right? is everything okay? Is everything good? <laughs> have, you, have you been on Facebook? I actually think so. The New York Times yes. article that you're referencing yes. is the the girl that woke up and saw that her ex was dating Lady Gaga. My um, favorite. She handled my, it so well. My mm-hmm. the article is really good. My favorite thing that she said that one of the articles had said about them dating is Lady Gaga is out with a new best accessory for like summer 2020, a regular guy, <laughs> a regular dude, a non famous dude. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, I, I would like to say that I would be like super gracious and above it all if I found that out, but. It would be tough. It, I think it would be tough. I'll tell you what would make it easier. What might even make it, some would say, better. What if, go with me on this hypothetical. Okay. What if you dumped that dude and you're like, yeah. you know that that dude's like, garbage, not, not great. Yeah. And you're like, dude, Lady Gaga's got my sloppy seconds. So like, that's, Lady Gaga slept with you. Yeah, you are closer mm-hmm. to that to that chain. That's yeah. that's pretty nice yeah, too. Yeah, you're like separated by one. You're like one I degree. didn't one degree. I didn't even want that, dude. 
The funny thing gets, is, it's like go a little like cachet with it. She was really, really on the she up was, and up in the was, article. It was perfect. It was perfect. It's the reaction we all want to have. And yeah, so, but you know what? I have yeah. a hard time believing that that was her initial reaction. No, she, and I think she she's kind like, of I thought about it. She kind of framed it like immediately. She was like, "I'm deciding to look at it this way," and I'm like, "Girl, please, we don't need to act like you didn't go through an, a complete fucking tailspin." Yeah. For a full day and a half before yeah. deciding to look at the silver lining. <laughs> yeah, no, it's completely okay. It I would think... be such a mind fuck. Yeah, I told Who... you I would eat so much sad cake. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Man. Dude, I would w- wish for the coronavirus to take me <laughs> oh, no. in the initial moments after hearing that. <laughs> you know what? Who, who could you find out, like, who you're with now? You're significant other right now and you mm-hmm. broke up they started dating somebody famous who would be like the fucking absolute like i can't fucking believe for me i would for just them? be like tailspin for oh, me for, for me, you like for a tailspin. tailspin um hmm. i feel like right. mila jehovich my really maybe or scarlett johansson that would make me i think that would make you furious i'd be like are you what because i thought you were gonna say charlie's no, God, I would be like, bless up. You win. <laughs> if it was Charlize, you would just be like, it, I, in God fact, I'll sign the you. divorce papers. God wanted this for you. Today. Yeah. Well, I don't even believe I'm that. I'm happy God for gave, you. God gave you a gift. <laughs> yeah, you take gift. that gift. You, you've been blessed. <laughs> when God gives you Charlize. Can you touch me just on the shoulder and <laughs> rub some of that off on me? Can you guys just invite me over for dinner? <laughs> Can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> leather though it gets stuck to it i i do feel like for me it would be and this is kind of like a weird take Mm -hmm. it would be jennifer garner Mm. only because anthony talks about her Mm. like she like like he would marry her she's a really good actress yeah yes and not like and and so anthony has the thing where if he thinks a actress is hot but he doesn't want to say that he'll be like she's a really good actress and i'm like bitch i know she's not that good of an actress so i know that you mean that she you think that she's hot right but it's like more than that it's like a level above that with with jennifer garner where like if she paid him the proper amount of attention i would be legit concerned about my relationship like i'd be like um You'd be like, no, fucking no. Because he just thinks that she's so like great. And she is. She's like beautiful in an accessible way. She seems like a good Mm -hmm. wife. Yeah. Yeah. My first boyfriend had like Ashley Judd posters all over our place that we were (laughs) (laughs) at. You shared your space with Ashley Judd posters. How old were you? It was over our bed. This (gasps) big photo of Ashley Judd. I was uh, 18. No, Mm -mm. sorry. 18. He was 19. He loved Ashley Judd. What would he do if you had like printed out a like shirtless picture of Mark Wahlberg and hung up in your apartment. <laughs> I should have. Right you should have. Right next to it on the bed. Revenge like, poster. We can, we can both play this game. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, man. That's brilliant. And then your all of your bedroom is just like decoupaged <laughs> yeah. in like shirtless. <laughs> I think that for mine, mine. Just tit for tat. Exactly. Like male, female. That would be like psycho. You're like if you put up Pamela Anderson, I put up Channing Tatum. We can do this all day. Like, Let's I got go. Posters for days. 
Um, I think mine would be Natalie Portman. I would be the most like threatened and bothered by that because she is so smart. smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'd be like, oof, that would that would be a self-esteem hit for me, I think. Yeah. I mean, we've all done the thing, too, where we're like, mm, who are you with now? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And I liked in the article that she was honest about that. It is a thing yeah. that everybody does. Like, it's human nature to be curious, you know? Absolutely. And it is also human nature. And I like that she took this in a positive way to see what that says about you when your ex has moved on and they're dating someone else i think inevitably you think you look at that person you analyze that person and you think like god am i like that person is that person like me because sure we ended up with the same person (laughs) you know yeah 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 Yeah. no for me like I, i mean yeah it's 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 rough to see your ex or somebody that you've been with for so long with, with someone new. And there is somewhat of a pressure, I think, to be like, oh, if they did it, then I should do it too. I'm really, really, really glad that I resisted that for two years, you know, just really kind of did my yeah. own thing and, and was single yeah, dating around. Well, I think the media in, you know, romantic comedies and also like sitcom TV shows like Friends and stuff like that. I, I feel like it really pushes this narrative of like you have to win the breakup. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right. So it's like you have to be the person who is more successful with a better looking person after the breakup. And social media like hammers that even more because right, sure. that's that's all life is on social media is our vacation pics and our filtered our highlights. Picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. the highlight and reel of your life. Again, mm-hmm. all of that is totally normal. It's like human nature, but it can be super detrimental if you find yourself in a position where you feel like you're losing. You yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Good for her, <laughs> right? She's 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 done well with Good it. Good for everyone. Good I hope everyone's happy. We should we should FMK, and I don't think that we've done this. The um, we had a good one come through the, on Facebook. Oh Your yeah, girl, Laura Lee. Yeah, oh, I saw that. Oh, I was down for that. Oh, I I didn't see hers. I want to kill them. Eighties, eighties rom com leading men. Eighties rom com characters men. So Char- you've got. Well, we don't. Do you want to get into it now? Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Dobler. there's Lloyd Dobler from Say Anything. Oh God. There's Bender from Breakfast Club, and mm-hmm. there's Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles. Ooh. Ooh. I know. I know. It's not an easy decision. Well, I have a favorite for sure already. I'm, I've always been hard so on Bender. Problematic. They're all so problematic. That's the problem. That is spending a lifetime with one of those douchebags. Yeah, exactly. Like Bender. Sure. I'll fuck Bender. He's like the bad guy who I like. Fuck him for sure. That I like, you know, loved, of course, like all of us fucking thought he was like the hottest. Yeah. In whenever we first saw Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. I actually know what I would do. I think I know know what what I would do. do I think I know what I'm going to do, too. Yeah. I am going to. This is going to be the hottest take. I bet not. I bet not. I bet it's yeah. not. I'm going to fuck 16 Candles. Oh, Jake Ryan. Yeah. Okay, that is hot. Take. It is. <laughs> yeah, actually. That's the most vanilla ass shit I've ever seen. Well, in and my he's life. like <laughs> a rapist. But okay. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> he's like a would be rapist. Like oh. he, when he, in the movie, have you watched 16 Candles lately? I, Wait, I never is, liked Is he the one that left the girl? 
yeah and the room he like gave his girlfriend to Ew. anthony michael hall and he was like i've got her passed up in the bedroom i, I could do her six was, ways till sunday if i wanted to but i but i'm so sensitive and i'm thinking about molly ringwald so I that think makes I'm me getting a nice guy pretty in pink and 16 candles mixed up in my head oh you're thinking about um yeah i know that would be a more acceptable answer okay. way more acceptable answer <laughs> yeah. jake, jake ryan's hot and he's supposed to be the guy that you think is hot I and it's not look it up. his fault that <laughs> he was pull up the facebook she put the pictures it, oh good it's not his fault that he was written like that yeah i'm not bad i'm just drawn that way and I it, it was can't the picture him in my head though he's i was thinking of um i know exactly who you're thinking of yeah who was on coke through all of pretty and pink yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you can tell <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm kind of like but that'll going, be fun. <laughs> if we're going pretty in pink, you got to go ducky, though. Oh, God. Ducky. Ducky. Ugh. Here they are. Okay. Okay, so that's Jake Ryan. Up at the top. Nope. I was thinking of pretty in pink. I was okay. thinking the blue-eyed guy. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's, Is that Andrew McCarthy? Yes. So hot. Yes, yeah. That's oh, yeah. who I was thinking of. Okay. No, I'm going to kill that guy. I'm going <laughs> to kill him. I'm going to fuck John Cusack. I've always had a little bit of a crush Same on him, okay. even though Lloyd Dobler is... Yeah. He's kind of like he's whiny, pushy, mansplainy, um, mm-hmm. kind of stalkery. Yes, kinda. Yeah, really stalkery. Fully, yeah, actually. <laughs> I mean, it trained us all improperly. And you I know what? It did. It did. I'm, I'm gonna marry Bender. Okay. I think I can change him. I think he can. I think he'll grow up. I'm gonna Christina. make the same mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can change him. <laughs> I think I can change him. No. Okay. So I am gonna fuck Bender yep. because. You gotta. I yeah, just think that's he's a good the, fuck. He's, he's good the leg. bad guy. So he's the one who'll live. <laughs> Did you guys see that thread? Oh my god! There was a thread on Twitter that was just like the best fuck of your life is gonna be some person oh, who lives yes. in their mom's basement. <gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> who plays Xbox? Yep. They're like, I'm sorry to tell you about it. And then everyone on Twitter was commenting their best fuck, and it was always just like. Uh, the grossest guy that's gonna be bender for you like it's like he's gonna be like you're gonna think about that lay for the rest of your life even when you look back (laughs) you'll be 80 years old even whenever you're both 40 and now you're looking at him on facebook and you're like oh but you're like still would yeah yeah Yeah. that's some bridges of madison county shit yeah like (laughs) that kind of (laughs) where you're like your grandkids find that diary. Ooh, yeah. They're like, ooh, spicy. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to do that. I am going to kill Jake Ryan. My teenage self, the 80s were so fucked up in that, like, I got really into 80s rom-coms, Molly Ringwald movies whenever I was in high school. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. My, one of my favorite shirts was a 16 Candles shirt uh, when I was in high school. I bought a Hot Topic, of course. And I loved him and I, we were conditioned to love him. And then I watched it again, like a couple of years ago. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Hold the phone. This movie is problematic. Is real upsetting. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kill him. And I am actually going to marry, I'm going to marry Lloyd Dobler. Well, because I feel like he could grow up. So, Hot, okay. Hottest, All right. Hottest All right. take. Okay. I am right with you. That is exactly <laughs> what I was going to do. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to do. He's a really emotional, like, 17-year-old. So why is is 
he gonna grow out of it and bender's not okay listen bender's like fundamentally fucked up (laughs) bender is going to take over for his dad's garage someday Mm -hmm. he will get a beer gut and he will have the kids getting his old milwaukee's out of the fridge (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yes that's 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 what you're growing that's 100 he comes home from the garage he takes off his shirt dobbler is the one that gets on that fucking Ashley Madison site. He's a <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, weird fuck that needs constant validation wow. and constant attention. So he's going to be that guy that gets on Ashley Madison or wakes up at like you three know, okay. and looks at weird porn, but like hentai porn, the thing. and jerks off. <laughs> I like weird here's, porn, too. Here's what it's I fine. think about I Lloyd. <laughs> if I'm honest. That movie is problematic as fuck. I'm with you. His behavior is not, not great. nearly as problematic as 16 Candles Not nearly. But the way I look at Lloyd is I look at Lloyd like that whole summer was just a huge shame receipt yeah, because yeah. I have fully while and out acted a like a crazy person. Oh, yeah. Whenever it was my I, senior year of high school. Yeah. Like whenever you're a high schooler and you think that this is like the love of your life. Yeah. And yeah. you do some like insane shit. And In that's your eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you wear a trench coat all summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I feel like that's a thing that like he's going to meet up with Ioni Sky when they're both like 25 over coffee and he's going to be like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he and just grew up and he became a normal guy. He yeah. went to college. Yeah. Yeah. Smoked a little reef. Yeah. yeah. Loosened up a little bit. Loosened Jazz up. cabbage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Had sex with a few girls and then felt yeah. better. Yeah. I'm solid 100% same. I have... I hot take have never liked 16 candles. Even when I was younger, I was just like, this movie is not good. I never liked it. And I, it was so weird. And the whole character of, um, the Andy, the Asian guy, oh, that, like highly like, racist. Oh, I fucking hated that. oh that, that movie is incredibly problematic on so every awkward. level. And all of the characters are unlikable. I think yeah. that that's the thing that is There's like not one fucking likable person in that right. whole movie. Her entire family forgets her birthday. Yeah. And then she's shitty about it. They make fun of poor Joan Cusack, who has a neck brace on the whole I time. I fucking love Joan Cusack I love so Joan much. Cusack. She's I will the best say, thing about the movie. I'm that is lie. the highlight of the, the movie highlight. is when she's trying to drink from the water fountain. <laughs> oh. She has a neck brace on. <laughs> so yeah. But Bender has been on my hit list. He's hot. For... Well, y'all are missing out on a fun time because we are just gonna be wild now. We'll be we'll be that oh, those people that like sit on the porch. I'll drink old Milwaukee too. Cool, cool. Yeah. Whenever you guys have the bonfire in the summer, oh yeah, we will come over. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm down with that for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and Cassie were sister wives with Boy <laughs> Dollar. We <laughs> will. <laughs> awesome. No big deal. Awesome. You can wrangle all 12 of your kids. <laughs> you guys can't And birth all control. of their names end with Anne. It's like Marianne. <laughs> Diane. Julianne. Oh, God. Oh, you guys want to take five and we'll come back with stories? Yes. And we're back. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm going to find new ways to say that every month for the rest of the After year. these messages, we'll be right <laughs> back. I don't even know what that's from. Saturday morning cartoon. (laughs) Excuse me, I had to go put on eye cream. (laughs) 
<laughs> be right back. I got a new neck cream. <laughs> Decolletage. What, 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 what do you call that? Decolletage. <laughs> oh, you God. Guys, I feel like I'm going to get a turkey neck. I'm really freaking <laughs> I, out about I, it. I wasn't kidding. I literally did just buy a brand new neck cream. I'm worried. Reviews, so I'm I'll worried tell you about, about it. it. Yeah. You know what? You get no, I'm worried about it. I'm, I've seen women in my family get it. I and was I like this the other day and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's so frightening. To I me. always think about that scene in Overboard. I don't know why this part <laughs> always like it like pops into my brain is Goldie Hawn's mom in Overboard is like supposed to be this like older woman who's like super rich and super shallow. And she has like a little bitty paddle in one of the scenes oh, and then- she's just patting her under chin. <laughs> and so I do that sometimes where I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, does that work? I'm going to really so. sit at my desk the whole know. time and do that. It probably makes it worse, but I've been doing it since I was 12 because oh, I no. watched that movie and I was just like, <laughs> is that what rich people do to stay young? <laughs> and then have you ever seen that book oh, of facial sizes that's yes. supposed to like, like keep your face muscles super strong? <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> I am willing to do it. Uh, okay. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, this is an email we received. The subject line is recovered memory, bad date. Uh-oh. <laughs> we do that to people. We yeah. really do. Hey, ladies. I've written in once before and wasn't expecting to again, but I had a recovered memory while listening to Keegan's story on the latest episode. <laughs> totally naked, need to take a phone call guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, is my phone ringing? <laughs> when he's completely nude. <laughs> This happened my freshman year of college. I was very inexperienced. Like, I had kissed maybe three guys. I don't even think I'd made it to second base yet. Side note, do the kids still say first, second, third base? I'm old as shit now. (laughs) Kids these days. Do they, though? I don't know. I think probably. It just probably means something different. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, the actual act to get into a relationship is so different these days. If you are under the age of 18, which since... John Morgan posted that thing to our Facebook. We know we have at least one 17-year-old listener. <laughs> right. So if you are under the age of 18, let us know. Write in and let I us know, know if... Do you uh, do bases? Do you do bases still? And if so, what do they mean so that we can analyze? Yeah. It goes without saying that I was also very naive. Most 18, 19-year-olds are, but I was extremely trusting and sheltered. Despite being raised by the internet, everything I knew about sex at this point came from Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> What's up, Keegan? Honey, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I actually have a recent experience with fan fiction. Mm. I'm not going to lie. No shade. But like my first porn experience was from reading yeah, porn. Same. And like it's always like been a, a go to. I I like reading porn. Reading porn is good. Um, yeah. Also, you don't have to see anybody getting exploited or taken advantage of That's on right. the internet. Yeah, it's fully fantasy. Correct. So, uh, J.K. Rowling writes as Robert Galbraith and yeah. wrote the Corman Strike series that yeah. you, Cassie you got me I hooked love on them. they're so good and I was waiting for the last book and I've wanted Robin and Corcoran to get together for like the longest time yeah. and so like I couldn't wait for the book to come out so I looked for fans <laughs> you are hilarious I, I'm not that gonna... is amazing by far the dorkiest thing I've That's ever done amazing. in my life <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I've definitely read serious black fan fiction that is Spicy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. 
Bridget, not ashamed. You did date Ron out. Weasley, so <laughs> I, I internet dated Ron Weasley. So basically, basically, you're married. I'm oh in that God. world. I hope this gets oh back to oh, any member of that cast. Killing me. <laughs> anyway, I worked at a pizza place all through college. I worked with mostly guys in their mid twenties, most of whom were pretty nice and funny. But one night while I was sweeping up, I overheard two of the delivery drivers talking. I'll call them Chad and Jake. Sorry to any cool Chads or Jakes out there. I'm sure you're not all fuckboys. <laughs> Jake asked Chad, so would you fuck S, my name? Chad said, no. I found out later that Chad was fooling around with my underage friend at the time. So no big loss there. Chad asked Jake the same question, and Jake just kind of chuckled. I thought I had misheard the conversation because we played loud music at the pizza place and the oven was loud, so I didn't dwell on it too much. But a few weeks later, I got the classic you up text from Jake. It was probably one o'clock in the morning. That's too late. Uh, That's too late for a coworker. No, that's not a friend text. <laughs> no, that's not like a you up. Can you help me finish this crossword text? Yeah, no. I think around like 10 p.m. is when that that starts to yeah. cut over. There's a You're cut cutting off. into fuckboy territory. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why I was still awake, studying, had worked a late shift, insomnia, who knows, but I texted him back that yes, I was awake. I figured he just wanted to chat and I didn't <laughs> mind. I had a little bit of a crush on him and we had a somewhat playful, sarcastic relationship at work. Dude looked like a super... <laughs> Dude looked like a supermarket brand Chris Pine, by the way. <laughs> Kirkland. I love it. Kirkland, Kirkland brand. brand. Kroger. <laughs> he was Best foods. <laughs> best food. <laughs> oh, man. I ate so many best food canned vegetables. Oh, oh yeah. All fuck. of them. Yeah. Um, he was cute, but looking back, he was definitely not cute enough to get away with acting like a total chode. <laughs> we texted back and forth for a few minutes, and then he hit me with, do you want to come over and watch a movie? At 1 a.m.? Mm -hmm. No, sir. Mm -hmm. oh. Being the moron that I was at the time, I said, sure. Oh, it's porn. James, Zoolander? It's going to be porn. <laughs> Is it going to be Zoolander? It's going to <laughs> Jake comes and picks me up from my dorm room. Once we arrive at his place, we head to his room and he puts on a movie. I can't remember which one. What <laughs> of course is, you can't. What is the movie that every guy tried to put on in the background to fuck you to <laughs> while you were at 20? Mine was Zoolander, yeah, which is why Zoolander. it came to me. I feel like that has been in the background of my sexual activity yeah. for years. I've had a Vanilla Sky moment. <laughs> oh, my God. That's dark. I, that is so dark. You're not watching it. Um, I I feel like it was like worse than Zoolander. Like I feel like it was like Grandma's Corky Boy or something. Oh God, <laughs> oh, I, I really love Grandma's do. Boy. I love that. <laughs> it was so funny. Or Beer Fest. It was like yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah. It was like Road one trip. of those. Oh God. Oh. Okay. Recovered memories. Speaking of, I know, Actually, right? I um, there was not dazed and confused. What's that other one that came out around the same time with like in the nineties where the two guys were trying to go to like a Metallica, a kiss concert and their mom like oh, wouldn't let them go. Yes. yes. Detroit rock city. Yes. yes. Oh my God. The number of guys in like high school and just after high school who tried to like do shit with me also when Detroit rock city was on. Yeah. Big Lebowski Fuck, was a big man. one. Yeah. Okay. 
So Jake comes and picks me up from my plate uh, from my dorm room. Once we arrive at his place, we head to his room and he puts on a movie. I can't remember which one. Let's just say it was Memento because <laughs> he was a Memento. I don't want to fuck to Memento at all. God, Cassie, <laughs> yours are so dark. <laughs> I'm not watching the movie. No, I know, but like, but I feel like if you're putting on something that you're gonna ignore, it is like a fucking anchorman. It's no, like not something... for me. I'm too. In, I'm already like, I'm in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just quoting it. That's nobody funny. wants to fuck somebody who's like <laughs> quoting. Anchorman. <laughs> That's just can someone Please. stitch that on a pillow for quoting, me? Quoting nobody the- wants to fuck someone who's quoting Anchorman. <laughs> I don't want that in cross stitch. Never, never Merch. truer words. It's like <laughs> the book of Cassie twelve eighty five. Aim for the bushes. I just watched the other guys. The other thing. Uh, I I watched the other guys for the first time the other day. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. When they so yeah. when they jump off the roof. He's like, Aim for the bushes. <laughs> there goes my hero. <laughs> I feel so, so bad. bad for this person. Yeah. We're just you destroying desk pop? We're destroying her story right now. Okay. okay oh, Jesus. <laughs> She Ooh. said, let's just say it was Memento because he was a film major and that was his favorite movie. Ugh. Seriously, he talked about it all the fucking time at work. Mm. And hot take, it's not even that good. Ooh, <laughs> damn, girl. No, I get you. Ugh. We're sitting on his bed with a few feet between us. He asks me if I'm dating anyone. I say no. He asks if I'm into hookups. I say, I don't really know because let's recap. I'm a virgin who, up until this point, had only gotten hot and bothered by reading M rated Professor Lupin Tonks <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> Not even the two Harry Potter characters I would choose. <laughs> I fucking love this girl so much. Me too. Fucking perfect. <sighs> he asks, are you a virgin? I nod, embarrassed. He asked if I want to fool around. Like I said, I had a crush on him, so I said yes. We made out and dry humped a little, and the dude proceeds to take off all his clothes. <gasps> he yeah. is fully naked while I am still fully clothed. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> we kept <laughs> the making out slash dry humping combo, which also is it only like a half? It's half dry, dry humping. It's like it's like a moist humping. Ew! Don't ever call it that. <laughs> ever ever a ever damp again. humping. No, no, stop it. <laughs> well, because stop it. one person's nude and right. the other is clothed. I don't know why guys think that taking off their clothes will necessarily. This lead is to apparently a thing. Us taking off, like you want to get. Uh, are they just rolling the dice so that you will take your clothes off and then when you don't they're like well, well it's too embarrassing to put my put clothes, clothes back, back on, on. So i think just that that's probably going. how it works yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> you having all your clothes off and me having none means i'm getting no foreplay <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what that means yeah that's that means you're just gonna hit it and quit it mm-hmm. and that'll be fast also like mushing on my pelvis doesn't get me off i'm sorry no. <laughs> If you're if you're a seventeen year old boy listening to mushing, this, mushing pelvises does not isn't 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 doing it. So you're not getting it. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, I hate this. Mushing pelvises is also the name of the episode. It's <laughs> so gross. No, please don't. So please don't also, that. I have no. very sharp pelvic bones. I feel like yeah, I could really hurt somebody. Dick. Yeah, I'm gonna cut your dick with I my. I feel pelvic like it's bone. not safe. It isn't. It's safe. not safe. Oh my um, god. 
But when it became clear to me that he wanted to have sex, I started to pull away because I wasn't ready. A guy had never even touched my boobs before tonight, so I was a little overwhelmed. He eventually realized this wasn't going to lead to sex and asked if I would at least give him a hand job so he wow. wouldn't get blue balls. Uh. Side note nation, to all the younger people listening to this podcast, blue balls is not real and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Amen, Dude, I girl. feel like we're giving such a PSA to our younger listeners today. Yes. This so. is, if you have to recommend this podcast <laughs> oh maybe maybe maybe, maybe don't, don't actually, don't. actually. <laughs> we just, do have that explicit rating if you do know a young person maybe tell them in in kinder terms some of the advice we're giving today that's right much kinder that's right <laughs> yeah because i remember living with that blue balls myth that was just oh, like yeah. and feeling so guilty oh yeah guilted yeah. into handies dude and i'll tell you that led they into hand. my 20s being really like insecure about if they didn't come Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Thinking that there was yeah. something wrong with me or yep. that I was doing something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Dude, owning your orgasm, that is like the best thing that I've ever done where I'm like, I'm in charge of how I get off and I'll let you know how to help. And you're in charge of you getting off. Yep. So, well, and also, you, it's tell like, me what to do. Dude, don't you have a hand? That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Get yourself off if yeah. it's that big a deal. You exactly. know how to do this. You've been yeah. doing it longer. It's, that's exactly right. Uh, he made the concept of blue balls sound so horrible that I felt sorry for him. So I gave him an extremely dry, unskilled HJ. Look, not good for you either, sir. Was that good for you? Um, he didn't come and I felt like a failure. Oh, babe. Mm-hmm. See, I, I just want to give her a hug. And Another the, feeling. And the attitude he gave me afterwards told me that he thought I was one too. Did I mention he didn't even try to return the favor or even attempt to teach me how to do it the right way? Nope. Fuck (laughs) this guy. Yeah. He uh, He drove me back to my dorm as soon as the sun came up. He spent the next year being such a complete asshole to me at work, probably because he thought I would, quote, get attached since I was a virgin. I never told anyone uh, about what happened between us, not even my closest friends, because I was so embarrassed about how gullible I had been. I had just wanted to watch a movie with a cute guy crying emoji. Mm. Eventually, Jake quit working at the pizza place and got a new job. We actually ended up living together with another roommate a couple of years later. He was still acting like a prick, but he had a girlfriend at that point, and I really needed a place to live, so I mostly just ignored him other than to give him my share of the utility bill. I was over my embarrassment at this point. I was just indifferent to him. He was basically a desk to me or a toaster. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Then... Uh, One day, I was talking to my friend, Jay. Jay said she had gone out to the bars the night before with some friends, and Jake somehow ended up joining their group because rural college towns are the smallest in the world. Yep. Someone from a rural college town? You're right. Yep. At one point, Jay mentioned my name in conversation. Jake proceeds to interrupt her to say, oh, you know me and S had a thing, right? (laughs) Record scratch. Wow. Uh, Okay. What? As soon as Jay finishes telling me this, I spill the tea and we both end up laughing until we cry. That bad H day must have really made an impression on Jake for him to still be bringing it up three years later. Wow. I never never spoke to Jake again after I moved out uh, of that roommate situation. Last I heard, he had moved to LA to pursue filmmaking. Oh, no. I probably fucked Jake. (laughs) So... This is a warning. This is a warning Damn to it. anyone dating in that area. 
Watch out for a dime store Chris Prine looking motherfucker who wants to talk your ear off about Memento. He sucks. Christina, I'm glad you're off the market now. That means you're safe. <laughs> oh. I, I did not. I did. I did date a Jason whose favorite movie was something like Memento. It was Uh-oh. like equally as film school ish. So I, I, I didn't hate Memento, but I do think that there is a certain number of movies that I'm like, if that's your favorite movie, that's a red flag. Memento, Fight Club. I'm like, if you're telling wait, me. Wait, wait, what's wrong with Fight Club? Okay. If we're Fight talking Club. about problematic movies. I fucking love Fight, Fight Club. Fight Club is super problematic. Don't care. <laughs> you ask you ask what was wrong with it i'm telling you and if a guy if a guy tells me that his favorite movie is fight club or he has a fight club poster anywhere on the premises i'm well, concerned well that's juvenile concerned mm-hmm. yeah posters in general <laughs> i don't know I, I work for a studio and people oh, okay, get posters and they hang them and they well, put they them in framed. their house or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah framed my favorite's Princess Bride. I don't think I that that's fucking love Princess Bride. That's my favorite movie. I love that movie. I can watch it like I, I watch it when I'm sick. Actually, well, we all know that mine is Anna Green Gables. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, so mine is from a fan. I'm not quite sure if he wants us to say his name. So, this is from Jay. I'll ask, and if it's not okay, you just heard a beep. So uh, he says, hey, love you three. Keep up the good work. You make lives better. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. I've had a really hard week. <laughs> that makes me feel better. I have, dude. Day 13. So ugh. anyways, so <laughs> let me set the scene. It is the summer of 2009 and I've been dating this woman. Let's call her R to protect her identity for about a month. Hold on. Let me backtrack so you get just how crazy this whole situation is and how ignorant young people can be. So I met R on Plenty of Fish. Well, oh. there it is. And there it is. There we go. Yeah, we can stop the story now, actually. <laughs> I think we know how this is going to end. <laughs> A few months after I got back into the dating scene, after my ex left me for the Florida lottery sales rep she worked with. Oh, that's, no. That's a lot. Wow. To I, I have to say, wow. I think you dodged a bullet. I think that you're better off. <laughs> a, a Florida lottery sales i have so many no. florida man Mm-mm. headlines going and, okay i'm sorry can you read that again what did he I do know, i'm confused he met r on plenty of fish a few months after i got back into the dating scene after my ex left me for the florida lottery sales rep okay, she what the fuck with. does that mean you're a florida lottery sales rep I guess that they probably have different tickets that they sell to like different vendors. So like if you're a gas station, maybe they sell different types of ticket or like scratch offs or different types of Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Scratcher right. salesman. Well, yeah. That, that's I, a career. I was addicted to scratchers for like a month when I was seventeen and They're I worked fun. at a gro- grocery store. They are fun. I, <laughs> do you win any money? I mean, no. I kept like taking them because I was bored behind the counter and then I'd have to like Pay for him somehow, <laughs> and then one day I just stopped. <laughs> You're oh, just nobody dealing scratchers. Oh my! Listen, God. listen, listen. We've all found creative ways oh, to no. kind of, sort of steal from our to jobs. Kind of, kind of cope. With Everyone the has done it. This was before you could just fuck around on your phone. Everyone so I just has had done to it. Stand oh my God! After I'm, I'm not willing to put it on the podcast. But after this episode is over, let me tell you about some shady ass shit I did. Oh no! I will tell you about it. Okay. Anyway, come, come get me, bro. 
You don't know where I worked. Right, seriously. <laughs> How can you prove it? The statute of limitations is up on those lottery I mean, tickets. And I, and I also didn't win. So whoever won from there, from me, you're welcome. Because right. I scratched off like a hundred of you those motherfuckers. You scratched all the bad ones. <laughs> you scratched all the non-winning tickets. You're like, this isn't a good batch. Yeah. So R and I start talking. She lived about 25 minutes away. I didn't have many standards at that age. She, like most men don't like most people don't at that age I my know. standards were you like me yes my standards yeah. were you like me <laughs> this is great question mark she's pretty cute from her pictures so i'm down she said in her profile and through our conversations that she was 30 as a man who's always liked older women they know exactly what they want in bed and in life my interest continues to grow well hey. someone who's almost 30 let me tell you that's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all. We don't have our shit together. After about a week of chatting, we decide to get together. She invites me to come by her place to pick her up so we can get dinner and drinks. I think this is great and I'm even nervous. To take the edge off, I have a beer before a date. I was worried she would smell beer on my breath and judge me, but boy was I wrong. When I arrived around 7 p.m., she was balls deep into what must have been her fifth Jaeger bomb. <gasps> Yo, see, you I'm can't. all the you can't pregame with mm. Jaeger bomb. You no. Jaeger bombs the finish line. That's right. <laughs> Jaeger bombs when you're already blacked out and you don't care about what you're consuming. Jaeger bomb They're, is mile twenty six. Jaeger bombs aren't even good. Like, do you like Jaeger bombs? No, Classy? no. Oh, okay, no. terrible. Oh, no, horrible. They taste like black licorice. Oh. Yeah. I Ugh. I took one. The last one I took was in Adobe Gila's. Oh my god! And you remember that yep. fucking bar? And I I took it and literally immediately like threw up in my mouth. Oh shit! Caught it and swallowed it uh, again. Oh. It was <laughs> the fucking worst. Uh. And ever since then, I can't even smell Jaeger. Ooh. Can't even. It was the worst. I was so drunk Jaeger, at that point. Five. Ooh. I again. Okay. All right. If I met a man, let's construct a man that I'm like. Nope gonna crab walk out of this yep it would be if i went to your house and you couldn't stop talking about fight club and you had just taken five jaeger bombs well you're in danger in at that point <laughs> that's that is a I'm dangerous like, oh, situation oh no and then you start talking to me about how there's the only there's no only movie worse i got you one worse american psycho oh, oh no. no oh no 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 you're definitely in danger yeah i'll take 10 fight clubs over one American <laughs> psycho. Um, I'll yeah. take uh, 10 fight clubs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they start talking to you about conspiracy theories. Ooh. They're like, actually, I don't believe in outer space. Have You're you like, I. Have you seen my uh, my uh, business card? <laughs> <laughs> feel this? You feel, feel the it. weight on this? Feel the weight on that. Oh, my God. It's embossed. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, this girl is 5'3 and weighs maybe 100 pounds. So 5'3. Jaeger bombs on a tiny person. No, 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 no. Cool. She likes to have a good time. I can handle this. <laughs> uh, no, you can't. Sir. No, he's like 21. That's Run. why he thinks that. Yeah. Like, because. <laughs> Run. Nope. She also lied about her age. She was actually 36. Ooh. Not that I cared, but that sort of lie. She has a son only eight years <gasps> younger than me. Oh, no. I can't do math quickly in my head. so You cannot (laughs) lie about your age when you have a child that is is telling your age. That is very close in age. Close-ish. Close enough to be uncomfortable. Close enough. Yeah. 
Needless to say, we go out, she's all about it, and she gets drunk as hell and keeps throwing herself at me while we're at the bar. Being young and thinking with my wrong head, I end up staying with her that night and having a fairly decent experience. I met a girl while I was working background who she did look young, like younger. She looked like we were probably about the same age. I would have probably put her in her late 20s. She was 40 or 41. Mm -hmm. She looked young. And she asked me my opinion about whether or not she should start lying about her age on dating apps because she was like, you're like, funny you should ask. I have been dating. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I told her that. I was like, <laughs> well, let me tell you the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. But I understood why she felt that way because she was like, I don't really get along with men my age. And when younger men see my age, they don't want to go out with me. Yeah. Um, and I typically hang with people who are younger. And I'm like, I understand and I empathize with you, but you're putting yourself and the other person in a really awkward situation yeah. by not yep. being upfront. Because you look how you look. You're not lying about that. So. Also, added pressure. This sucks. And this is just biology. Yeah, but babies. Babies. Yep. So say you do meet a younger guy who's like 33, who's all about it. Wants to have like, kids. It, yeah, exactly. It's not that it's impossible. It's just really, really hard. Yeah, so it's harder. Just, it's, it's, it's awkward. I get where she's coming from. I definitely had that that age thing where I was like, I got a real tight window because. Yeah. 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 So, Mm. oh, that's a rough one. So fast forward a month or so. I'm still coming around a decent amount because I am dumb and like getting laid. Her Hmm. 15 year old child and his lady friend want to go to the local amusement park. So I agree to drive them and R decides she wants to make it a whole thing where all of us go. So a few days later, I show up before the sun rises so we can all get going for our day at the park. She wants to stop at the liquor store on the way so she can have a drink before we arrive to the Holy park. Holy shit. Now, we've we've done this. We've taken Yetis. Right. We to, have, but not before sunrise. Not before sunrise. <laughs> I feel like there's a line. Yeah. 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 It's, and, yeah. It's the morning. It's the sun. The sun is the, the line. This is, oh. Little did I know that a drink equaled an entire bottle of Jaeger. <gasps> It Whoa, is also okay. important to remember there's a couple of middle school kids with us. Oh, this just got real, real dangerous and sad. It is sad because oh. I always think like I used to watch episodes of like intervention and it was mm-hmm. interesting to me when you watched the like alcohol ones, like what their alcohol of choice was. Yeah. And I always found it was vodka. I feel like I always got those ones. Yeah, vodka or beer. It was like vodka or beer. Like, it'd be like, I can drink 24 beers in a day. And you're like, wow. But like a Jaeger is such a weirdly specific. Right. Yeah. Liquor of choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh my God. And thinking about drinking it in general just like makes me like, but drinking at like 8 a.m. bottle at 8 a.m. That really like. Oh, when you have to God. do stuff, hurl like bacon and eggs. Ugh. <sighs> Needless to say, when we arrived to the park, she was hammered. We agree that the kids go do their thing for a while and we adults will go off on our own. It's a good thing because then the kids didn't have to deal with her that when she's blacked out at 10 a.m. Yo, dude, this is crazy. 
We walk around the park for a bit, and I want to ride rides, but she can hardly stand. Jesus. So I decide it's best to just go sit down while we wait for the kids while things got worse. Uh-huh. Around the time I get to her to the meeting place, security comes up to us and states she's got to go. Whoa. Lucky for me, I haven't had any alcohol and can talk them down so we're not kicked out. So she's drunk enough that security notices. Yeah. She doesn't so she cause even, anything. She's just literally like, she's just in Timberlake yeah, she's not drunk. throwing a, yeah, she's not like, you know, making a scene or anything she right. just is so drunk that they're like you can't be this visibly drunk at the park right like yeah. that is yikes it's still before noon it's so sad i feel so bad i feel for so the kids. bad for the kids exactly yeah the kids finally show up and i get them all out of the park and this is when things go way south she what? starts cursing and yelling at her son what blaming him for everything that has gone wrong even though he hadn't done anything wrong what do you do? This person, he's known oh her for God. like a month. He's like a 23-year-old. You probably don't feel secure in the middle. enough oh my to God. stand step up in. or step yeah. in. Yeah. I, oh, it breaks my heart. I yeah. Yeah. I'm like anonymous call to child protective services or something. I, I don't know. I start to drive back towards her place while she flails and throws a fit because she isn't drunk. While going north on the interstate and listening to her spew hate, she reaches over and turns off my car while I'm going 65 (gasps) on the interstate with children in the car. I didn't even know you could do that. I I don't think you can in my car. I don't think you can in my car. I don't know if like maybe different models or older cars. You got to pull the fuck over. One fucking one. Yeah. I mean, they're lucky they didn't die. Fucking bitch. They're lucky they didn't die. And I'm also heartbroken for the son and the son's friend because like we all remember. It's so embarrassing. And then you have to go to like school. Yeah. And they're like, it's. Oh, it's God. so Awful. levels, Awful. levels. I just feel bad for like everybody, everybody. in this yeah. story. Literally, my heart is breaking. Now I'm getting angry because I'm worried about the welfare of the kids in the car. I try to keep my cool and turn my car back on. And with a bit more anger in my voice, tell her stop acting like an idiot. Well, that didn't work. Now she's furious and hitting and slamming things in the car. Okay, you need to call. You need to call somebody at this point. I, like legit, you the, have to call someone. Yeah, because I, it's unsafe. It's no. unsafe for everybody. I tell her if she touched my keys again, I'm going to call the police and have her taken away. She continued to talk nasty towards her child, but seemed to believe me about calling the cops so she didn't turn off the car again. Because I'm worried about her kids, I decide it's best to take everyone to her parents' house instead of back to her place. Yeah. wonder how he knew where her parents live. But, I don't know. Um, that's a smart move. Yeah. At this point, I just want to get the hell out of Dodge, but I have to make sure the kids are safe first. Good, ma'am. It's oh. important to know I have never met her parents before, and now I'm falling on the sword. Oh, my God. Maybe he asked the son where, yeah. where else yeah. they could go. When I pull into her parents' driveway, she hops out of the car and takes off. I gathered at this point this isn't the first time someone had to get her parents involved. Mm. The kids safely get out of the car and I deliver them to the grandparents. Of course, I have to explain to them what happened. And man, did I feel like a garbage person, which is so Why? sad it's because not, like it's not you. That you did like everything garbage. that you could do. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. I hung out with the mom for about an hour while her dad went searching for her. 
After what felt like a lifetime, I see her and her dad heading back to the house. I take this as my cue to bounce, apologize to the kids and mom. I mouth sorry to the dad and half wave to R as I'm quickly buckling up so I can get out of there. Needless to say, that was the end of the social experiment for me. I have no idea where she is this day, and I hope she got the help she needed. Wow. That is so scary. That is so frightening. Yeah. Like, I... I've only been in one situation that felt like really unsafe. But other than that, like when you're when you're dating, it's scary enough. But to be like in what is a life threatening situation. And oh, my it's God. It's not just yeah. you and you feel responsible for other oh people. God, yeah. Like, you know, like you kids on the car. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, like that's. And then to have to deal with that at 23 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be the adult in the room. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tragic. I hate it. Okay, well, fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I get Wild to follow ride. that story. I'm going to try to read fast because I feel like we've... <laughs> we've... No, we're good. We're oh, good. we're good. Okay, mm-hmm. good. All right. So this story comes from our email and it says, um, subject just says, first time, please have Cassie read. Aww. So that Aww. hit me. It says, <laughs> hello, ladies. I, I, I absolutely love your podcast. If you choose to read this horrible tale on the air, please have Cassie read it. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just really, really love her voice, which I'm concerned that maybe you have me confused with somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Like you got, do you think Christina is me? No, no. You got so excited. I did. Whenever I told you this, because I I started reading it, you know, because we like we go swap. Yeah. And and we have a pattern to it. And so it was like my turn to get the new story. So I put it in mine and I was reading it. And then I saw that line and I moved it to yours. And I told you last weekend, I was like, I moved a story to your inbox because she said she loved your voice and she wanted you to read it. Which is wild. And I'm still not certain that she's made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) She reminds me of the documentary voice of David Attenborough. And Who? his voice is magical. His voice. I'm certain. I love this for you. I'm certain. <laughs> me too. Me. I love this journey for you. I like in Schitt's Creek. Yeah. She's like, I really I love, love this journey me. for you. <laughs> <laughs> they both have this amazing ability to just calm my mind down. Well, this is great because I'm going to start a new podcast where I just do ASMR list <laughs> reading. Yeah. Yeah. We had this conversation. We did. So anyone who listened to our double date, uh, right. Cassie and Madigan are going to start an ASMR podcast <laughs> where they just read lists. Just lists. Just lists. I'm going to list cereal for you. <laughs> do you like Rice Krispies? Nice. <laughs> I can get down on that. Captain Crunch. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. If you ever get some free time, please make a podcast just telling facts about blue-footed boobies and howler monkeys and let me know where to listen. Well, that's... Uh, <laughs> there we go. We're, we're going to make that happen. I think we should. Yeah. I would drift to sleep so wonderfully. That's listen. why I... Honestly, that's why I watched Planet Earth as I was yeah. just like, I just want some beautiful cinematography yep. and David, At- David Attenborough's like... Absolutely. Lovely voice. Listen. Calming, soothing. I'm going to make some tea. So far, I completely disagree. However, <laughs> I am going to take it. Take oh. the win. Also, please speak up more. Oh, okay. Um, as the only mom on the podcast, I would love to hear, uh, love for you to throw in your viewpoints more. There are so many single parents out there. And even though I'm not single now, I was. And it's horrible trying to date with three young kids. Yeah, girl. You got to yeah. you gotta let him know how it was. Yeah. Well, I think you're lucky because I think last week and this week, I've talked a lot about having a kid. <laughs> it's a whole different world out there when you have your children. And it's, oh God, nothing is truer than that. 
That may also enter the relationship dynamic at some point. Trying to decide who and when it or if these strangers get to meet your kids is completely nerve wracking. Girl, preach. Yeah, you know and we, it's true. We actually we don't get a lot of single parent stories. We've read a yeah. few um over the, the past year and um it is. It's it's incredibly awkward. It was it was awkward for me to decide yeah. whether or not I should swipe on somebody that had kids. Yeah. Because I, I take it as a huge responsibility and I mean, it's like a whole thing. Like, do I want to take that on? But yeah, yeah. that's... We should have my mom write in because between yeah. my dad, my biological dad and my stepdad, she dated somebody who was like a mess. And I'm sure she looks back now and is like, yeah. what was I thinking? Because he used to take us around like without her there and then i yeah. think he ended up getting arrested for like credit card fraud or something so oh, jesus yeah. wow god no and she's a great so, she's like a no, great she's mom amazing. it's just yeah. like when yeah. you're dating and you know it's a hard it's it's definitely harder to navigate that road it's one thing when it's just yourself on the line and yeah. it's just your heart on the line right and but your safety yeah and your safety exactly because when you can trick have, you absolutely oh my god when you have not just your heart on the line but your heart the heart of your children mm-hmm. them falling mm-hmm. possibly in love with this person liking this person whatever that's one aspect of it but again the safety issue i mean there it's just a lot it's 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 just an extra level i don't trust like we were talking about like love mm-hmm. is blind and i'm like it takes yeah. me so much to like trust anybody i can't even imagine like I barely trust anyone with my own heart. Like thinking yeah, about yeah. being Amen. like, uh, I would just be single forever. I think because I'd be like, well, I I'm yeah. too scared of. <laughs> I'm too scared. Yeah, to yeah. Like get back. Out, You're like, you I know? guess until they turn eighteen. <laughs> so kudos yeah. to everybody who's out there doing it. All right. So she says, now on to my tale. So I am from the Midwest, like BFE Heartland, from the town around five thousand. Oh my God, are you me? I met a. I did not rate this in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, suspect. Yeah. It's all that nice stuff about your voice at the top. <laughs> She's like, who can I say I sound like? David Attenborough. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. I met a guy I shall call Hillbilly. <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. No, wait. Call Hillbilly wannabe. Sorry. I started laughing too soon. Hillbilly wannabe. While working at one of the few places that will hire a 15-year-old. I was the last of my friends to lose my V card and I was desperate and not all that picky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A bit young. Yes. Yes. I was, but someone finally showed interest in me. So I was game. We went on a few dates (laughs) This all sounds so far. It's, such, it's such a Midwest small town like mindset of just being like, this is fine. This is it's exactly fine. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. She said we went on a few dates in quotes, you know, eating together at work and walking around town because there's absolutely nothing for teenagers to do in a small town. Yeah. Feel that. Except for drugs. We used to walk mm, to the dollar store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dollar General. Every yep. small town in America. Yeah. The Dollar General. Field, 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 dollar. <laughs> general yep i let it be known to him i was dtf and he seemed pretty excited about it but not as excited as me because i hadn't done it before i bet he was excited Uh, yeah i bet he was yeah she's like i will fuck you he's like what what yeah (laughs) okay this is where it got tricky where and when we lived in separate towns and not old enough to drive. So after begging for a few older friends, I finally made it to his town one Friday night. Now, you can all picture this guy. Mm-hmm. It was 1999. 
and he had long brown hair no. with oh. bleached stripes. No, no, no. Shaved underneath, but long on top. <gasps> oh, God. No. <laughs> Thankfully, this was he before man buns were a like thing. stale beer. We both were wearing Jinko pants oh. with a wallet on a chain. I swear to God, did oh, I write this no, in? No. I did date this oh, guy. No, no, I'm so no. no. right now. <laughs> did he drink Jaeger? I feel like it's too much. Oh, my God. What was his favorite movie? (laughs) Oh, my God. The chain wallet. Oh, girl. Jinko jeans. The long hair. Yes. Oh, my God. You know this guy. We all know this guy. Yes. His hair was greasy for sure. Oh, fur. God. You can see his scalp on the top. I just wash my (laughs) hand. (laughs) (laughs) He walked us to the river across where people meet to go tubing, a wooded area where we had set up a tent trees are you trying to get killed by the zodiac what are you doing stop that (laughs) trees are still better than cornfields so i didn't mind too much so we get to it it was awkward to say the least yeah he couldn't figure out the condom (laughs) but he said he'd done this before it was slightly uncomfortable but not painful and was over pretty damn quick i just remember thinking that's what everybody's been talking about I don't get it. <laughs> so that's after- how I felt the first time too. I was yeah, like, "Is this me too?" What the? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so after he spent that whole three minutes in the tent, <laughs> yes, a tent, Keegan, not a bed, not even an air mattress <laughs> in the tent <laughs> on the like hard <laughs> floor, and also like. I just feel like you probably spent more time putting that tent up than actually fucking. fucking like yeah. the amount of oh, time yeah. it took you. Yes. You guys got there and then you just went th- did the whole thing where you're like, do you guys have the, do you have the right end? We need to switch it, ends. But, do you have the hammer? Do you have a little hammer? That's not a turn on no. for me to build, <laughs> build a, a tent and then and for three the, seconds yeah, and yeah. then take it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I lost mine on a concrete park bench we discussed that and i don't approve yeah we don't like this for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) we don't like i don't like that journey for you christina no i don't either i'd give anything to go back and change (sighs) it but oh god we walked back to his house and i left him to go walk and find my friends to go home he ghosted me after i was okay with it though because you ghosted me okay jinko jeans Three minute doesn't know how to work a condom. You ghosted me. To be fair, they both were wearing Jinko jeans. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, To be fair. And chain We all were in 99. We all were. We all were. I beg your pardon. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, what? 10? Speak speak for yourself. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine nine-year-old Keegan with Jinko Jinko jeans jeans. and a chain wallet? No, I was too busy wearing like pink bandanas (laughs) and pedal pushers. I swear to God, this was a solid me in 1999. Yeah. Yes. This is solidly me. Okay, sorry. Um, ba, 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 ba. He goes to me. I was okay with it though because apparently I was, I was the only quote non slut in my group because sex was boring and pointless. <laughs> the next week, <laughs> it's a good I way went, to look at that. Yeah. The next week, went back to work because teenagers only work on the weekends, and this is where my story becomes the worst story of my life. Hillbilly wannabe told everyone there that i had bled all over his shoes and given him the he had given me the nickname bloody carp i went home sick that day now this is where i got seriously confused i know it makes me fucking furious i hate this 
I had no evidence of blood on me that night. None on the toilet paper. None in my underwear. And even and if, if I had you had, enough, that's right. somebody that was insecure in yes, their right. own performance, yep. and so got right. ahead yes. of the story and was to like, he wanted beat to her flip to the it. punch, yep. so that she couldn't get there and be like, he didn't know how to use a condom and lasted for three fucking minutes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Girl, this is your revenge. But it was her first time. It's not like she would have thought. I mean, for me, my first time, it's not like I would have been like pissed that somebody lasted three minutes. Yeah. I didn't really know like what it was supposed to be anyway. Right. Right. So it's not like I'm going to go spread rumors about you, dude. Calm down. What a piece of shit. If I had blood enough to get it all over his shoes, wouldn't I also have had blood on me somewhere? Thankfully, he was fired along with his friends at work and a new group of people were hired and trained and I hadn't heard and hadn't heard the nickname. So I was able to move on. After a few months, I met a new guy who was 19 and too old to be hitting on a 15 year old. I know yeah. that now. Yeah. But then I w- it was just exciting to be noticed. I eventually agreed to do the deed again. And holy fucking shit. The dude had an elephant trunk in his pants. Oh, Jesus. I screamed from pain and bled like a stuck pig. The difference was that this guy was nice about it and asked me like 80 times if I was sure I wasn't a virgin. He never made me feel gross, which I think is why I was able to get over my nickname and go on to enjoy sex. Turns out I was the biggest slut in my group. Still not ashamed of that. Nice. (laughs) Orgasms are like the tops. Yes, girl, they are. Yeah. But yeah, I have never told anybody that story before, and I still want to cry where, whenever I hear someone talking about fishing or catching carps. Oh, girl. Triggered. At least I she feel- had a good like next person to like kind of clean up or bandage mm-hmm. some of those like yeah. Fuck, yeah. fuck boy wounds, you yeah. know? Yeah. I feel better finally telling someone my story. Thank you for deciding to do a podcast and letting women and men know that they aren't alone in this world with all the creeps and assholes, girl. Oh, and I found out a few years ago, Hillbilly Wannabe ended up getting addicted to meth. Ugh. And last I knew, he was a self-taught tattoo artist giving tattoos oh, to the people with the big no, Dude, I, I know follow. so many people. I follow Instagram, like oh. bad tattoos. Oh my God, oh. dude. It is. It's a thing that happens where I'm Ooh. from. So many. Fu- she might be from where I'm from because, like, first of all, she might be where I'm from. First of all, math, and second of all, Same. like the basement tattoos, Girl. huge. I I know a ton of people who have fucking basement tattoos. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, basement tattoo. There you go. That's yeah. You're that is the Midwest. Ones, right? Exactly. <laughs> she said. Maybe being ghosted is a blessing in disguise. Have yeah. a great week, ladies. Oh, thank you. Oh my Boy. god, dude. That was that was a journey. Wild we went on that ride. My God. <sighs> when it comes to personal style, it's not just about having a signature look. There are layers to deciding what to wear. It could be all about bold patterns that stand out in a crowd, accentuating your gains, or finding something sleek yet comfortable. With Indochino, fall is the perfect time to add a few new layers to your wardrobe. They offer custom made-to-measure pieces at an off-the-rack price. And this season, Indochino has new colors, fabrics, and styles to choose from. From classic suits for special occasions to head-turning outerwear for your sidewalk stride. Customize your new fall pieces however you want. Buttons, vents, pockets, lapels, you name it, they'll build it. Just submit your measurements online or book a showroom appointment to work with an Indochino expert style guide in person. Add fresh layers to your fall style with Indochino. 
Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com, promo code PODCAST. Okay, are you guys ready to go on this ride with me? Yes. yes. So today, I'm excited. Me too. So today we are going to be talking about... Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. <gasps> yes. 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 All right, let's jump in. I'm going to start by saying like, Are I'm going to do a Christopher Walken impression. I'm I only cannot, staying here. <laughs> I cannot, but I will say I spent some time Googling young Christopher Walken pictures and I will say one kind of hot. Yeah. Super feeling hot. Feeling weird actually. about that. Yeah. Two feeling extra weird that so many people have put side by sides of young Christopher Walken next to uh, Scarlett Johansson and they kind of look alike oh, <laughs> and oh. I am freaked out by that I haven't seen that uh, yeah I'll show you I walked around with this hunk of metal up my ass <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing and I love him but so I got a lot of information from a lot of different sources I read so many fucking articles because of course there are a million about this but also I binged listened because I had a super busy week this week but Yesterday, all day today, I'm almost done with the entire first series of um, Fatal Voyage. So they've done three seasons, and the first season was on Natalie Wood. Okay. Like, oh. All on Natalie Wood. And oh, then they shit. did a season on Diana, and now they're doing one on JFK Jr., I think. Um, oh, wow. But so the episodes are really short. They're like 22, 25 okay. minutes. Uh-huh. So I listened to like, there's probably... 12 of them and I've listened to like nine and a half. Nice. And then I I read a bunch of articles. So let's get into it. Okay. So Natalie Wood, she was actually born um, Natalia Zakarenko in San Francisco in 1938 to Russian immigrant parents. So her family was pretty poor. They Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of money. And her mother, Maria, had always had aspirations of being an actress or a ballet dancer. But because they were kind of like always on the move uh, and didn't have a lot of money, that just didn't happen for her. So before Natalie was born, Maria went and saw a fortune teller. This is the like lore around uh-huh. yeah. Natalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and her sister, Lana, backs this up uh, that her mother went and saw a fortune teller and the fortune teller told her that one of her children would die by drowning. And so she being the excellent mother that she is told her daughters this constantly growing up. So Natalie Wood had aquaphobia. She was super, super scared of water to the point that whenever she was even filming a scene in a bathtub, she had to be talked talked into it because wow. she was so scared of water and dude North- if someone told me that today yeah. like a stranger yeah. not even my mother was like hey a psychic just told me that you were gonna die in water i'd be yeah. like i'm never, never touching gonna, water never again, again. Yeah. I'm so like, it's so scary to me. Maria herself was so scared of it that she never learned how to swim either. Like they both avoided water and Natalie would never learn how to swim because she just didn't want to be near water. And Mm -hmm. Lana talks about how like I went, I had the opposite reaction where like I went and learned how to swim because I'm like, that's the best way to avoid drowning. (laughs) It's like to know how to swim. Hmm. Yeah. But her mother was a piece of work. Like she was incredibly controlling and fame hungry. And she would take Natalie, who she called Natasha, um, 
she would take her to film sets. And once while the family was living in Santa Rosa, California, Natalie and her mom were watching a shoot when a director needed a little girl to just basically like walk across the street with an ice cream cone. Like he was like, I want to add this to the opening credits of this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he saw Natalie and he asked Natalie, like, can you do it? Or he asked her mother when she was four, like, can you, can she do this? And of course she was like, yes, she can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Pushed her in there. And and so she did it. And then a year later, he remembered her. She was so good that he remembered her uh, when he was filming a movie in Los Angeles. And so he called uh, Maria and asked if Natalie could come screen test. And before she'd even gotten the role, Maria got so excited that she uprooted the entire family and moved everyone to the valley. Oh, Jesus. She's like, we're moving to LA. She's like, our meal ticket has arrived. It's going to be a star. Emptive. But, you know, hey, you got a vision board. (laughs) That's one way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think she just knew. Like, yeah, she was going to be the meal ticket. She was like, this is our, like, shoot your shot. Here we go. Yeah. So, um, once... Uh, while so she started working in movies and she was an immediate success in part because her mom really instilled this perfectionism in her and also this desire to please oh yeah so it didn't matter what they asked her to do on set she would do it and like it creeped people out like i think um orson wells or somebody had commented about how she was like scarily professional at mm-hmm. like a very young age mm-hmm. um and it's because of that like for instance um wh- while filming a movie natalie was having trouble crying on cue and so her mom her mom took her aside called her over caught a butterfly and ripped it up <gasps> in front of her face and she started sobbing. It worked. She started crying. Oh. And so throughout the rest of her career, she hated crying on screen because of the things, the lengths that her mother would make her go through. Because her mother's motto, she said, was like, say yes and figure it out later, which is kind of my motto. Yeah. Or, or was whenever I was like, act, like auditioning actively. It was like, say yes and figure it out later. So it's not necessarily a bad motto, but it put her in some really fucked up situations. Yeah. Especially that young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was also a time when Natalie was on set and she had to walk across a bridge over a river for a scene in the movie, the green promise and the special effects person had made an error and it caused the bridge to collapse earlier than it should have. And Natalie fell into the river and <gasps> she almost drowned and she damaged her wrist. But she finished the scene because like that's how it was. And so she went to her mom after this and she showed her mom her wrist and it was fucked up. And her mom was like, OK, yeah, you hurt your wrist, but don't tell anybody because they might fire you from this movie don't make a fuss don't make trouble finish the day we'll deal with it at home so they went home and it healed but it healed incorrectly and you can actually see in pictures throughout the rest of her life she always wore a big cuff on her wrist Mm -hmm. and in a couple of pictures you can see the cuff slips and you can see her bone protruding because of the way that her wrist healed and so it not only did that which made her feel deeply insecure but also um it reinforced her fear of drowning and her fear of water. Yeah. So, um, 
By the time she was nine years old, she was considered one of the top child stars in Hollywood and was named the most exciting juvenile motion picture star of the year by Parents <laughs> Magazine. And by the time her childhood was over, she had starred in over 20 films. What childhood? Yeah, right. exactly. 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 She was basically raised on studio lots. She did all of her schooling there. And she later described the first time she ever laid eyes on Robert Wagner. She said, I was 10 and he was 18 when I first saw him walking down the hall at 20th Century Fox. I turned to my mother and said, I'm going to marry him. Dude, this family has some serious like vision. They, they like, can manifest. They can yeah. manifest. Yes. Exactly. They're nailing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crushing it. So when Natalie was 16, she um, went to an audition at the Chateau Marmont and her sister Lana actually describes this in that podcast. She talks about this happening. She said that her and her mother drove Natalie to her audition and that they let her go up on her own and she was gone for hours, like so long that Lana fell asleep. And when she woke up, Natalie had gotten back into the car and she was a mess. She was really upset. And basically they found out later there was like an argument between Natalie and her mom on the drive back home. And what what Lana found out later was that she had been raped violently, pretty brutally and violently. And to this day, a lot of the rumors are that it was Kirk Douglas uh, who raped her. But we don't really know because she never actually said who it was. They just said that it was a incredibly powerful actor and a big star. Oh my God. So we don't know who she had this audition with, uh, but this happened to her when she was 16. Jesus Christ. And her mother basically was like, you can't say anything or it will ruin your career, which, you know, they interviewed a bunch of Hollywood historians and it's true. It would have probably ruined her career. Um, But for a 16 year old, you're now you had this horrible thing happen to you and also you're not getting support. Yeah, you're, um, you have you have no safe place. Right. Like when you get hurt and that's reinforced now twice, at mm-hmm. least from these examples, right. like of falling in the river and just be like, you you don't have your mother. You don't have your safe place. To, right. To, you, you can't go to her. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like I, I'm saying all these things or I'm talking about her just because I want to set up like the kind of person that she was the kind of childhood that she had, it was like, (laughs) you don't stand a chance really. You know what I mean? Like whenever you're experiencing things like this. And so I kind of believe just my hypothesis is that that event kind of led her into this next kind of phase. Cause right after that, when she was 16, she auditioned for rebel without a cause. Mm -hmm. And when she went into audition, she met Nicholas Ray, who was the director and he was 43 at the time that she was 16 and a lot of articles that you'll read or a lot of for someone to protect her. And I also think that it was this kind of thing of her trying to take her sexuality back, her being like, well, fuck it. Then I get to make the decisions now because a lot of, a lot of historians or like a lot of articles you'll read will say like one of them, the headline upset me because the headline was like how Natalie Wood seduced her way into rebel without a cause. Wow. And I was like, she was 16 and he was 43. Yeah. So yeah, it was all him. Right. And they phrase it like it was this affair, which I don't like, but at the same time in as much as it can be a 16 year old's idea, it does seem like it was something that she was pushing for. Mm -hmm. And I think it was partially because she wanted to kind of, 
because she came more, became more promiscuous after this point. And I think it was, she had something taken from her. Yeah. You know, and I think this happens a lot. People expect victims of rape to behave one way. Mm. Um, and never like sex or never want to do it again. When I know a lot of victims of sexual assault who actually went the other direction yep, because it made them feel like they were making the choices yep. about their, their body. There's mm-hmm. no wrong or right way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and shame on Nicholas Ray for being the adult in this situation. Yeah. Like that's the truth. Because but I think even that Christina has a point too, where it's like when you're, when you're in that situation, you're looking for like, I just want somebody to save me. And if I'm attached to this adult male, he will protect me from other people. Nobody else will mess with me. Mm-hmm. You well, know? And she's also been trained to do anything to get roles too. Like, That's, like yeah. her mom has basically like conditioned her to the point where like, even after she started this quote unquote affair with him, he still didn't give her the part It because he thought she was too clean cut. She was too much of a childhood actress. So she was also sleeping with Dennis Hopper at the time. And the two of them like went out, had like a crazy um, night together and wrecked a car. And Nicholas Ray came and saw her in the hospital. And the doctor told him that she was a juvenile delinquent. And so then she was like, can I have the part now? Like you (laughs) clearly. yeah, Yeah. Like he just called me a juvenile delinquent. So I'm not as clear cut as you like, think I am clean cut. Uh, so yeah, they ended up casting her. It was a huge success. She got her very first Oscar nomination after that point, her Mm -hmm. first of three Oscar nominations that she would have before the age of 25. Wow. Uh, she was the youngest ever to have that many up until like Saoirse Ronan or Jennifer Lawrence. One of the two broke her record, but okay. Yeah. Wow. So, um, the next year, when she was 17, she again met Robert Wagner, whom she called RJ. Pretty much everyone called him RJ, even in like news articles and things you'll see, mm. uh, at a photo shoot. And she was super taken with him immediately. And her mother saw potential. Her mother was such a Chris Jenner. Well, like she saw potential for this like golden couple. couple. Yeah. Media sensation. Right. And she was like, I'm all about it. So, on Natalie's 18th birthday, her mom and studio execs arranged for them to go on a date. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about Robert Wagner really quickly. So he was enamored with fame and the old studio system from the beginning. Like in all of his memoirs, he talks about how he wanted to be famous. There's like this anecdote about how when he was young and he like walked out of a movie and he like found a dog and there were people taking his picture and he loved that being like surrounded by that like light and all that attention because there are people who want to be actors for all kinds of reasons. Sure. And I feel like it's almost looked down upon to just be like, I just want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's I think, what a lot of people really just want. Yeah. And I think he just wanted to be famous and he wanted to be a movie star. Like mm-hmm. that was his goal. And he was very, by all accounts, charming and really good at climbing that social ladder. Mm-hmm. He was very good about like mimicking what you wanted back at you. He mm-hmm. was kind of good at that emotional manipulation. And so he was able to climb that Hollywood social ladder. That's how he moved up was yeah. like making friends in high places. And, um, so many people speculate that in the beginning when they suggested this kind of like, matching of him and Natalie Wood that in that beginning it was kind of transactional for him. He was like, I can get something out of this by being attached to this hot young star. I mean, after Rebel Without a Cause, 
time called her the most beautiful teenager in the world. So she was massive at this point and it was good for his career at that point. Sure. And now later on, it seems like you want the word teenager attached. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not weird. It's cool. It's fine. Um, Later on, it does seem like, like by the time they got married, it does seem as though there was real affection there. Like they actually did really love each other. I do think she probably loved him more. More. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they become an item and it is a huge sensation. Like they're basically like the Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt of that time where everyone's rooting for you. You know, they're like Hollywood's couple next door. So it wasn't long before RJ proposed and the two got married when she was 19 and he was 27. And in the beginning, it seemed as though they were like genuinely really, really happy. And Natalie was really, really excited to be a wife and mother. That's like all she wanted. She's like, I want to have kids. That's my life's goal (laughs) is to have kids. Um, But it wasn't long before things started to get pretty rocky. Natalie's career was at its absolute peak when RJ's kind of hit a lull, like at the same time in the beginning of their marriage. Oh, it's going to be some like star is born bullshit. Yes, some real bad like ego issues. Mm -hmm. Being attached to one of Hollywood's hottest ladies at first was really good for him. But now they're married. It's not helping his career the way he thought it would help his career. Mm -hmm. And she is making more money. And she is more successful. And it's the 50s and that shit's yeah, it's not the, okay. Yeah, early 60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, or no, late 50s. I think you're right. So uh, it's around this time, earlier in their marriage, that Natalie was cast in Splendor in the Grass alongside Warren Beatty. And Warren and Natalie had this like incredible chemistry on screen and soon became friends and RJ became insanely jealous of their friendship at this time and he would oftentimes show up to set to check on Natalie and uh, once he even admitted in his own memoir that he was so jealous that he followed Warren Beatty home in his car with a gun Wow! Jesus, with the thought that he would shoot Warren Beatty. Wow! He didn't do it. He didn't even confront Warren Beatty. But that's the level of like insecurity and jealousy. Wow! I think part of it was love for Natalie, and I think part of it was fear of losing her. You know, um, because she meant status and other things to him. Mm. So he later said that he never believed that she ever cheated on him, but it was just the idea that she could. I guess (laughs) maybe I don't know. So as you can imagine, this did not make for a very happy time between mm. Natalie and RJ. He no. sounds like so much fun. Though. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. <laughs> but, the Holly- but Hollywood, it was still, even though we were outside of those old studio days, it still operated very much in kind of the same way in that um, they would plan all of these photo shoots and in their house to show their like happy domestic right. life and like... Uh, really emphasize how perfect they were. And she, in the podcast, they actually read excerpts from the memoir she was writing when she died, um, which is actually really beautifully written. And she talks about how difficult that was for her because it was like, things weren't good, but how do you tell people yeah, you're an <laughs> that actress, they're not good? I guess. You know, um, it, it, it's difficult. And so she started getting really into therapy. Did yeah. they release time. her autobiography? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't think she finished it, but maybe they released what was done. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You can hear the, the woman who does the, um, the voice for the 
for the podcast when they're reading her memoir does a pretty good job. And she, I'm sure she had help writing it, but the writing isn't good. You know, you are at a point where you have to make a change. I think when you start playing a character in your own life. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Such a good point yeah. where it's just like, I mean, I I have a fake it till you make it kind of personality anyways, but when you're doing that 100% of the time That's right. in your life, yeah. you need to take a look at it. Yeah, and I, kudos to her for recognizing that because this was like the early 60s. She's in her early 20s Jesus. Uh, and she's realizing like, I need support. So she started going to therapy and she started pushing Robert to go to therapy with her, but he had that very old school yeah machismo midwest mentality of like we work out our problems ourselves or you just fucking bury them Mm -hmm. and wait for them to go away you just bury that deep down and never bring it back up again it gives you a heart attack when you're 63 exactly you die and no one can figure out why and it's because you buried 65 years worth of shit (laughs) deep in your chest cavity deep 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 so she made an appointment for them anyway to go basically to couples counseling Uh, But they never made it to couples counseling. So Lana describes seeing Natalie barge into their parents' home late one night. And the way she describes it, it's interesting because you always look at your older sibling, especially if your older sibling is Natalie fucking Wood. Yeah. As this kind of mythical being who is perfect. And she was like, I had never seen her like this. She was a hot mess, like fucking bawling, hysterical. Mm. Um, they mentioned that she was bleeding, but I'm like, I don't, they never elaborate on that. So I'm not sure what, what that was, but she was basically saying that she had gotten into a fight with RJ and that it was over between them. And later on, according to a lot of like Hollywood insiders and also Lana says that Natalie told her that the relationship was over because she woke up one night and RJ wasn't in bed with her. So she went to go see if she could find him. And she found him in the living room with their male housekeeper. Oh, together. Okay. And she was hurt because, because this was a part of her. It wasn't just the infidelity. It was also like, this was a part of this person that I thought I knew that they weren't sharing with me. Like, and it the felt betrayal. like I, a, I know all yeah. too well what that feels like, because it's yeah. like, if you're upfront, look, I, I'm, I do not care. Like yeah. what kind of things people are into, but like you hide something of your personality like that for somebody that you're married to for years. It makes you, you know? wonder if you know them. Yeah, exactly. Because you're just like, we've Question had so many conversations. Yep. We've talked about everything and this is never something that you felt safe enough to talk to me about. Yeah, and it's like, so painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was devastated. She was truly devastated. She was in her early 20s um, and this was really hard. So they separated in 1961 after four years of marriage and divorced the following year. And by all accounts, she seemed to like move on um, okay, she was going to therapy. Her therapist was like helping her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she began to date Warren Beatty. Oh, no. <laughs> like right after that. And the two had like a really tumultuous relationship. So they dated for a couple of years, but it was like they were fighting all the time. <laughs> they were just well, like Warren Beatty at each went other. through like everyone in Hollywood. And right? that was part right? of the problem yeah. was like yeah. he wanted to be free. Has he um, been with Annette Benning for like ever now? Yes, he yeah, has now. Those two have been yeah. together for a long time. Yeah. yeah. They're cute now. But yeah, I mean, but for Natalie, she's just like, man, and I heard 
multiple sources like a huge part of why they didn't get along was that he could never show up on time oh i <laughs> get she's that like, i definitely understand that no, i don't like that she was a punctual person she's like <laughs> motherfucker there are little things though that yeah. get under she's your like, skin deal breaker. you're like i yeah. can't do this deal breaker. she's right. like you know what at least rj was on time mine okay is, mine is soaking in quotes the dishes overnight <laughs> uh-huh. i do <laughs> I, just, I mean, it depends like, gonna, on what it is. You have let to that wa- soak. No. <laughs> just wash it right then. No, <laughs> it the, drives the, me nuts. No, there's certain things that do need to soak. I'm I, sorry. If I you agree. got shit stuck like on a pan, I you gotta let that Did you scramble water? some eggs and it's stuck on the bottom of the pan? You gotta let that you soak. Wash like a the bit. dishes. You, it's <laughs> worse to try to scrub it off. I, I am meticulous about my dishes. I am. You are. You're good. I'm not. Annoyingly I'm not. So. so I'm like, nah, fuck them dishes. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> but so at this point, she started uh, throwing parties. You know, she started wearing less and going out more. This yeah, was like yeah. her free moment where she was just like, I am going to date and fuck everybody. And people did think that she was kind of like a slut. Like in one article I read, they were like, it was said that she had kissed. 45 guys before she turned 30 <laughs> and i was like oh, oh my god no. don't don't look at my list <laughs> <laughs> jesus in 1963 rj remarried actress marion marshall and then um after a breakup with warren natalie's mental health kind of like spiraled and went on the decline and she was trying desperately to hold on and she describes these like moments um and it was around this time that she overdosed intentionally on sleeping pills and had to have her stomach pumped and she had to have her stomach pumped a few times like in her Mm -hmm. adult life because she was you know look at her child man yeah and then she wanted to be a wife and mother and you're talking about somebody that's going into their late 20s early 30s now and it's not necessarily like gonna be like shutting the door on that but it's it's difficult i remember 25 was like a big fucking yeah 25 was hard hellish year for me life crisis because you you don't realize all the fucking expectations that you've put on yourself as a kid so like 25 what it actually was looked Mm -hmm. so vastly different than what i thought thought it was going to be that it was like a fucking earthquake. I, I will say, as someone Same. who is standing on the precipice of 30, I was far more freaked out about 25 20, than I feel yeah. right now. Yeah. About like 30 turning 30. Like I, 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 I want to go into my 30s feeling good, but I'm not scared. And like turning 25 had me like... Shook. Shook. Yeah, Same. for sure. Um, Absolutely. Same. And that she probably is in her mid-20s right yeah. now or yeah, going yeah. into her mid-20s. Her relationship with Warren Beatty has now fallen apart. RJ has remarried. You know, it's hard and some people say... Was it say, Lady Gaga? <laughs> was it Lady Gaga? <laughs> some people say that like her, what sent her into a tailspin was seeing Warren Beatty at a party or something after they'd broken up or, you know. No. It, and when her sister asked her, she didn't go into details, but she's just like, I love somebody who doesn't love me back. And that could mean anybody. But, sure, right. You know. So she took a step. Again, I have to give her kudos throughout this story because like she recognized that like her mental health was fucked and she'd been working since she was four and she's, she took a step back from acting for the first time. She was just like, I'm not going to act. Um, she's like, mama needs a break. Yeah. Mama mm-hmm. needs a break. I need to focus on my mental health. And that's basically what she said in not so many words. When people would ask her where she was, she was like, I was focusing on me. I was yeah. working on myself. Good, good job. Nice. Um, so much so that she, she, 
turned down the leading role in Bonnie and Clyde in 1967, uh, co-starring Warren Beatty, <laughs> because she didn't want to be away from her therapist for that long. She would have had to have been apart from her therapist. Also working with your ex. Yeah. Underrated. Probably would not recommend. Yeah. yeah. In 1969, she met and married Richard Gregson, and they had a daughter, Natasha, together the following year. Uh, And in 1971, when Natalie was pregnant with their second child, she overheard a phone conversation between Richard and his secretary. Jesus. While she was pregnant with their kid. Oh, my God. And she immediately kicked them out of her house because he had moved into her house when they got married. And she's like, this is my house. She called security, had them escort him out of the house while she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let... The door hit you where the good Lord's Well, lay. yeah. Okay. To make you talk then, because uh, I've never been pregnant, and Keegan, you've never mm. been pregnant. Mm-mm. To make um, me talk. Yes. <laughs> so things annoy me now, and I am not pregnant. <laughs> I'm going to guess that if I ever did become pregnant, things that annoy me. Turn it up to 11. Turn it yeah. up to 11, this 422. Goes, this all the way to 11. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally. I think that. I mean, being pregnant, it's different for everybody. So, I mean, but, but you're, you're, you are, you're more hormonal. So, I mean, you're, you're definitely amped up and, and uh, I mean, betrayal at any stage Mm -hmm. of your life sucks, but being betrayed at a place where you're pregnant and you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable, you're about to have a child, Mm -hmm. which is scary. Mm -hmm. And then you're also flash forwarding in your brain, like who's going to want to date me now that I have children and mm-hmm. I'm single and I have now have children. And I can also say it's I've weird. seen pictures of Richard Gregson and he was the reacher in that relationship. Oh, there you by go. far. Okay. I'll show you a picture after this. Cause I was like, huh, you should not be cheating on Natalie Wood. What are you doing? <laughs> he must be funny. <laughs> <laughs> he must be funny. <laughs> he better so, be very, very funny. Be funny. <laughs> The the next year, she runs into RJ at an event, and the two hit it off immediately. So it's strange how their timelines kind of coincide, because when she was going through her divorce, she wasn't completely divorced yet. She was separated. He had just gotten divorced. So it was kind of like fate or whatever. So the two dated for six months before remarrying on their yacht, The Splendor. And everyone in Hollywood seemed to think that these two had an incredibly fantastic marriage. Natalie wrote in her memoirs about how happy she was that they met again and that they met at the right time. But Lana states that she felt like Natalie was settling and that she says that when she reunited with RJ, um, she told Lana, because Lana was like, what are you doing? And she told her, well, it's better to be with the devil you know Mm. than the devil you don't. Uh, And she also says that she mentioned to Natalie and her mom what had happened at the end. Um, Lana mentioned to them, like, well, what about this thing that happened at the end of your marriage the first time? And her mom butted in and was like, it's okay. He's been cured. Mm. Mm -hmm. Problematic. Not good. Yeah. Uh, And also, like, her mom was really pushing this relationship because she saw how good it was for them the first time. Like, it's like, oh, the public is going to be ecstatic that you guys are back together. And, like, that's good for publicity. Yeah, she's not a Kris Jenner. She's like a fucking Lindsay Lohan's mom. Yeah, it's aggressive. What's that, dance moms? (laughs) Seriously. 
So at the time of their second marriage, the tables had kind of turned. So even though Natalie uh, still had most of the money, she actually paid off all of Robert's debts before the marriage. Yeah, she was a multimillionaire at this point. But her career was going through a bit of a slump and she had just taken off time to focus on motherhood. Like she had made that decision, like I'm having kids, I don't want to work. But what happened then was by the time she wanted to get back into work, now she's in her 30s. Um, She's not getting roles. In 60s Hollywood, mm -hmm. they're like... (laughs) Sorry about you. We can't play grandmothers yet. But. Yeah, exactly. You're in no man's land. Yeah, so this is in the early 70s. And RJ was now a big TV star. Right. So while TV star is still below movie star, he was a household name now. Like he was working mm-hmm. all the time and he was kind of like a big deal. Uh, that was until Natalie booked a role in a sci-fi movie called Brainstorm. And it was set to be her comeback. The director was an exciting up-and-comer. And the film starred a young Christopher Walken, (laughs) who was hot shit, straight Mm -hmm. off of his Oscar win for Deer Hunter. And history basically repeated itself. So Natalie and Walken got on really well. They really liked being in each other's company. And once again, RJ... um, got really, really jealous. His wife was this big movie star again and he was just this TV actor and it made him feel insecure. It made him feel small. And so he was really jealous of their relationship. He would show up on set without any notice. Um, And for the record, it's really unlikely that anything happened between the two of them. Walken's wife was there all the time and by all accounts, like nothing actually romantic happened. But it didn't... His, he was so insecure that it made other people really uncomfortable. Like he would make really snide remarks. Like they'd be like, so um, she'd be like, where should we go for dinner? And he'd be like, well, you're the big movie star. You decide. Uh, like things like that. You yuck. know, where it's like Ooh, everyone in the room is like, oh, I'm just going to go home. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, Dude. I hate that. Yeah. Pass- passive aggressive is just the least hot ever. It's my yeah. least favorite aggressive. Yeah. Yes, of the aggressives. A, I approve for an aggressive aggressive mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And so not only is he jealous of Natalie, but he's also probably jealous of Christopher Walken. Like Christopher oh. Walken is this movie star, this right. Oscar winner. Yeah. Um, this kind of like dark brooding and interesting person. Yeah. And he's always been this like teeny bopper cookie cutter, like yeah. square jawed dude, you right. know? So, Thanksgiving weekend 1981 the Wagners host Thanksgiving and then they have plans to sail to Catalina Island with Christopher Walken uh, to have a little getaway like throughout that weekend Mm -hmm. so the only ones on the boat were the three of them and the boat captain Dennis Stavern so what we know is that on the evening of November 28th Robert and Natalie could be heard arguing Robert even admitted that he had argued with his wife about how much she um, how much time she was spending away from the family to police like later on in the future. Um, But then he changed his story in his memoir uh, in heart to heart with Robert Wagner. It's the name of his fucking memoir. Uh, He says and he has two memoirs, by the way. Thanks. I hate it. Mm -hmm. And he says that. In his memoir, he says that he and Walken were having a heated political discussion and that Natalie just went to bed that Mm -hmm. night. So we do know that Walken went to bed early and Deverne and Wagner stayed up drinking. And around 1.30 a.m., Wagner tells Deverne that he's going to go down and check on Natalie. And when he returns, he says that he can't find her. And Deverne searches as well, and they're unable to find Natalie. So they contacted... RJ decided, not the Coast Guard, not the lifeguard on duty, 
but the restaurant manager on shore who got the harbor master to look for Natalie. So they looked for four hours before calling the Coast Guard. Yeah. And after hours of searching, they did locate Natalie's body at 8 a.m. on November 29th, one mile away from the boat with a small inflatable dinghy nearby. She was wearing socks, a coat, and her nightdress, and she was covered in bruises and had an abrasion on her cheek. So RJ refused to identify the body and left the island. The guard who pulled her body out said she had not yet gone into rigor mortis. So when he Holy took shit. when he took her rings off, she was still um, they was still pliable. Mm. So there is this kind of belief that had they gotten people had they got people searching for her sooner, that they could they have, have found her before oh, she no. actually died. Um, and Dennis Deverne, who was the captain, is the one who identified her body because and it wasn't like a short jaunt like. <laughs> RJ was like, no, I'm not going to identify her body. Send Dennis. Dennis had to go like a mile and a half by boat to her to identify her. Um, And he left the island without seeing his wife again, which people grieve in different ways. And I understand that. And so I don't want to judge that because I do feel like you could not want to see her like that. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I would want to because mm-hmm. there'd be this it's such part- a strange situation you're yeah, like wait is. if is this real because yeah. the story i'd want to see they're it to make saying it real. is that she got into the dinghy and and like the story off. the story that okay we're, we'll get to it okay hold on it, it's weird i had to write this in a really weird way because yeah. i'll write it the way it was reported and then the way that the story changed um so wagner's hypothesis was that Natalie went to bed that night without him and the dinghy was banging against the side of the boat. So she decided to get up and go tie the dinghy closer to the boat so that it would stop banging because it was keeping her awake. Um, and when she did that, there, lot. there was algae covering the steps and she slipped and hit her cheek, which is why she has that abrasion on her cheek and fell into the water. I feel like that's a lot of story for something that you don't actually know. Uh, yeah. Also, well, if you're afraid of water, exactly. like I don't think that you'd yeah. be bending over exactly. precariously to fuck around with shit on the boat. No, you'd go to the yes. captain or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. And, they, and that's exactly right. So... Lana said that she would never have done that because she was terrified of water. And then her friends were like, she would have asked Dennis. Her and Dennis were good friends, the captain of their boat, yeah. to go do it for her. Yeah. Right. Like, why would she have gone and done it herself? But the coroner ruled her death to be an accidental drowning and hypothermia. And he basically says exactly that. He's like, it's c- her injuries are consistent with her having slipped and hit her cheek trying to get into the dinghy or like tie the dinghy up and um he goes out of his way it's actually really annoying to hear him um on the like you can hear his audio and it's annoying to hear him say that well she probably had seven or eight glasses of wine okay i have a i have another question (laughs) she has a dinghy with her it it was found kind of nearby it wasn't like right by her but I have a theory. Okay. I'll give it the end. But she had also taken motion sickness. So they tried to justify it by being like she'd had seven or eight glasses of wine, which everyone did. And the captain was basically like, yeah, that's what we did. I'd been their captain for a long time. Before we'd go out for the weekend, we would buy cases of wine mm-hmm. sure. and we would just fucking roll through that shit. Christopher Walken had had a shit ton of wine too. 
Um, but she had also taken motion sickness pills and sleeping pills, which enhanced mm. the effects of the alcohol. Sure. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that maybe she was like clumsy, fell and hit her face. Okay. So uh, but, that was it. But she fell with a dinghy. Right. Somehow she loosened it and um, it, it I sailed mean, away. Dinghies are inflatable things. Yes. She could have been inside of well but that fits with her having been alive for hours so maybe she was clinging to it maybe she fell out of it she got too cold like because yeah hypothermia, she was you said, yeah. alive if she hadn't set into rigor mortis mm, yet true. yeah she, then she didn't she was alive when she left the boat right yeah mm-hmm. she, she may have been dead. knocked out maybe she woke up at sea that's kind of how i feel like mm. maybe she was knocked out uh woke up at sea doesn't know how to swim. Oh my god! Yeah, how terrifying! Terrifying. It, in November, it's cold, it's dark. Yeah, you have a fear of water. Uh, but that was it. That was it. She. It was declared an accidental drowning. She was buried in L.A. and the world was heartbroken. But life went on until. In March of 2000, the boat's captain began revealing information regarding that night that he had previously kept quiet about. He said that Walken and Wood had been close and giggly in a friendly way all weekend and that tensions were rising the night before natalie went missing the vibe on the boat was so bad tensions were so bad um and robert wagner was getting aggressive and jealous to the point that natalie went to him and was like take me ashore get me off this boat and so he said Here's this dingy bitch backhand <laughs> through her in. No. So this is nope. the night before that. This is the night before that. So the night before that, Dennis does. He takes Natalie. They go ashore. They get hotel rooms at a hotel. Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner stay on the boat alone for the evening. Kind of weird only That's because. super awkward. It's, it's got to. Like, why would Walken Walkins has, want to stay? Exactly. I'd I was like, just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he want to stay? It, it is a little strange. The most awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how bad it was. Is She had to get. That's how bad it was. Is that she had to get off that boat. Like that's how aggressive. And the, the captain is saying like. And. Okay. I want to preface this by saying like he did write a book. There was there's motivations for him to have changed sure. his story. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when you hear him talk about it, it sounds like it sounds like memories. And I understand he's had 30 years to work on this. So who knows? Mm-hmm. But it sure. sounds like he's telling the truth. And I'm sure that they could probably back up whether or not they stayed in a hotel. That's true. Yeah. But um, so he takes her back to the boat the next day and everything seems fine. Like they just tried to like, have you ever had a really awkward drunken night? And then the next day you're just trying to act like, so this, yeah, this is fine past the scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. you know? And so things are okay. Tensions die down. And Robert, they, they go to the other side of the island where there is nothing really like where they stayed, where there was like hotels and all kinds of things. So they go to the other side where there's just a restaurant and Robert stays in his fishing and Natalie and Walken go in and have happy hour at this at this hotel or bar. Yeah. Uh, at this restaurant. And they're drinking, drinking, drinking lots and lots of wine. And they're having a good time. They're giggling. They're, you know, enjoying each other's company. And he doesn't like it. So he tells everybody, RJ is like, everybody get back on the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at one point. They're continuing to drink and have a good time. RJ storms up, according to the boat captain, breaks a wine bottle against the table and yells at Walken, what are you trying to do? Fuck my wife. 
Jesus. And this prompted and i'm walking i'm like you know what i'm gonna find a different way back go yeah i'm just gonna go yeah i'm gonna roll off swim i'm gonna roll off this boat um but this is what prompted the argument between natalie and wagner that night um so she storms off she slams the door to her room and then according to the boat captain wagner follows down to confront her um setting off what he called an epic fight and he claimed that he heard the dinghy being untied before Wagner returned quote tousled and sweating profusely and that's at that point it's where the other story picks off where him and Wagner spend the rest of the night hanging out until 1 30 in the morning when he's like I think I'm gonna go check on Natalie oh my god can't find her how mm. weird mm. in 2009 um, he finally published his book uh, Goodbye Natalie, uh, goodbye splendor. The boat captain did. And then two years later, he was among 700 plus people who signed a petition over the flawed investigation into Wood's death. And there's a whole other section of this story that you could go down about cover-ups because there were people who were like, we were in the boat next to their boat and we heard a woman crying for help from like 11 to 11.20 that night and we couldn't find her and when we found out natalie wood had died we tried to contact police and nobody got back to us ever um we got threats not to say anything about it so they're saying that there might be this cover-up in which the police were involved so um so in 2009 the la county sheriff's department re um oh yeah So in 2011, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department reopened the case. And after the case was reopened, uh, Deverne stated publicly for the official record that he had lied to police the first time. That, like, he was like, I know I said that Robert Wagner didn't do anything, but he did. And this is all the stuff that he did. In 2012, the Los Angeles County Chief Coroner amended Wood's death certificate and changed the cause of her death from accidental drowning to drowning and other undetermined factors. The amended document included a statement that the circumstances are, quote, not clearly established concerning how Wood ended up in the water. Yeah. And on January 14th, 2013, the L.A. County Coroner's Office um, offered an amended autopsy report basically being like, we don't know how she got all these bruises. And some of the bruises could be consistent with um, a physical fight before she was in the water. Like, mm-hmm. w- we can't prove that, yeah. like, she sustained these hitting the bow or whatever. Sure. In February of 2018, Wagner was named a person of interest in the investigation into Wood's death. And he has denied any involvement. Um, there is a theory I think you were insinuating to Cassie Mm -hmm. that Walken and Wagner were having a homosexual affair and that Natalie knew about it. um, And that is what got her killed. But there's no Hmm. real evidence of this, except for that kind of weird behavior that Walken would kind of stick around through all of this. And then there's the, there's the idea that, um, that maybe his jealousy was, partially natalie and partially walk in like mm, he it maybe, was kind yeah. of both of those things and mm-hmm. that's what was making him so volatile mm. uh but there's no real proof of that sure yeah well and the other side too is that the other question i have about that is then it, why why now would natalie come like make something public 
at this point i mean why would he be worried about that i mean she well, maybe, caught her in the she apparently caught him in but the act. maybe she thought he was not going to engage in that anymore when they got oh, remarried right well, because his mom her mom said that she was he was quote unquote what healed cured ah uh, yes and also just infidelity was clearly a huge issue for her so i think it wouldn't wow. have mattered who it sure. was um and maybe it was also a thing where like she was pissed like the way that he'd been acting she went and got a hotel she was fucking pissed so maybe in the heat of an argument Mm -hmm. she said something maybe even if it wasn't about christopher walken the theory that her sister has is that he flew into a rage and it wasn't purposeful um and kind of the theory that i have is that maybe he flew into a rage pushed her or something Mm -hmm. knocked her out and got so freaked out that like he'd killed her when she wasn't actually dead and pushed her off like in the dinghy. Yeah. Um, but for the record, Natasha Gregson, who legally changed her name to be Natasha Gregson Wagner, believes Robert Wagner completely. She mm-hmm. doesn't think that he killed her mom. He was a huge part in her life, even after her mom passed away hmm. so there's conflicting sure hmm. opinions yeah and i mean this, there, and it's all this far marks. out you don't know yeah there's no there's no way to definitively yeah. know you know and, and yeah i think they got evidence he was like i think she was like i'm done with this and he's like fine go back then and untied the dinghy could have yeah, yeah and was like fine go could have yeah, yeah. yeah i mean there's no way to know and like Christopher Walken, his story has changed very little over the last, you know, however many years he was asleep. Uh, He was never a person of interest. And I I truly don't think that he really knows like what happened. Um, But the sleep that I sleep after eight glasses of wine is one of eternal (laughs) slumber. Good Good night. night. I don't hear dick. I I don't know. I I think he, I think Robert Wagner was in, I think he knows way more than he's saying. Mm Because also for him to completely clam up and not talk to the cops afterwards mm-hmm. oh i did did i say that i don't think i said that kind of oh yeah he didn't um you, he well didn't, you said he went back to the shore like he didn't talk to them like he he oh yeah he didn't give a statement yeah afterwards when he went back to la he like um pieced out he like didn't talk to the cops at all he like got a lawyer like, you guys got this all right bye yeah, he got a lawyer right away lawyered up the lawyer gave a statement and he didn't talk to the cops for a while but honestly in no. his shoes when you have something let's say devil's advocate she did slip and fall or True. whatever you know what i mean it's such a weird suspicious thing that i don't i don't blame yeah i don't know that for, i wouldn't do the same thing yeah lawyer yeah. up that's kind of what you have to do and sucks that makes you like no i always guilty, say but i always he, say you get a he didn't lawyer. go to jail yeah so it works yeah yeah oh, i don't know man. i i tend to think that in he, the book of keegan i believe that's verse 23 <laughs> right but you didn't go to jail but did you go to jail but no uh, no no, <laughs> no uh, you didn't. always call a lawyer right? oh yeah, yeah always yeah. call a lawyer, lawyer I, up i lawyer do but i do truly believe in that you do yeah. you should lawyer up but it does in it's just with the other shit where you're just yeah. like, God, this yeah. is weird. This is like, gosh, it's so layered. That's the thing. The story is there's, and there's never going to be a f- definitive answer. And no you one, have to unless decide. there's some kind of death side. No. Death confession, confession of from Robert Wagner, Wagner to yeah. his like, you know, because even, even the, uh, even the captain is, is circumstantial. It's yeah. like you heard things, you saw you behavior that story, was weird. Bro. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's so hard. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ooh. Good job. Yeah. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Didn't I? I love Ooh. Natalie Wood. Me too. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, uh, what are we watching this week? You well, you guys are watching Love Is Blind. Yeah. Which we watching discussed. Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. I saw Bombshell last night. Did you like it? I I liked it. Oh good. Yeah. The only thing is at the at the end, spoiler alert. Like, I mean. They all lost their jobs, so I wasn't yeah. quite sure what the point of the movie was to empower people to speak up. I'm like, Gretchen Carlson lost her job. Megan Kelly is like not doing anything now, and all these <clears throat> other accusers are like, you know. So I was just like, so. So the moral wait, of this story what's is the more moral well, of the story. I, think, I mean, it launched a movement. Yeah, and it I think lit- unfortunately, it's an example of like there are gonna be some. Um, eggs that have to break in order for like people to do better and it sucks but maybe Mm -hmm. that's you and like it was them it was like you guys have to be you guys have to take one for the team for us to make progress well yeah and then launching the me too movement which you know took down harvey weinstein this week um yeah thank god um was definitely important and much needed so yeah but yeah it's a good dude i can watch charlie Theron do anything yeah, and it is honestly. uncanny how much she looked like yeah. and sounded she like megan kelly is She's a mighty, mighty morphin power actress that girl can be anything mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah um yeah i'm not really watching anything else i did start going to yoga this week oh so. yeah six thirty a.m happy about that feeling real sore but it's good it's good <laughs> dude we are just models of fucking health over here. We're doing all the healthy things. Say that, hey, but. 2020, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got stories, if you've got um, classes we should do at 6.30 a.m., if you mm-hmm. want to buy some merch, join our Patreon, go to our one-stop shop of a website. That's myworstdatepodcast.com. Um, we really need more stories. We need more likes and reviews. We need more we need more short stories, please. Yeah, yeah. reach out and touch us. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.